comes up. Here comes up. Y'all don't really worry like that. Yeah. Here comes up. Talk a little bit about 
about a lot of the things that's been going through my mind here in the last couple of weeks, and I, and I'm I'm excited to talk about this, you know, solar eclipse, a little bit of a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but you know how we do it, man. First thing we're gonna do, man, we're gonna go ahead and jump off into the devotional. Um, also, <clears throat> also, man, it's been a great weekend of sports, great weekend of of boxing action. Gonna be some great weekend of boxing action next weekend as well. Uh, Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, but uh, big shout out to the big shout out to the dude, um, Terrence Bud Crawford, now a unified world champion. He's an undisputed junior, uh, sorry, junior welterweight champion. Uh, he rules 140. Said he's going up to 147. I cannot wait to to see him fight at 147. Uh, but he still got some fish to fry here at one forty set at at one forty, you know. Uh would love to see him in, in the ring with any of the Garcias, Danny or uh, or Mikey. So that that's gonna be very, very interesting to see him see him fight in the next couple next couple months, next couple of weeks, so next two months. So like I said, I'm just excited for excited for sports. But again, we're gonna start off with this devotional man that comes from it's called the source of jealousy. The reading comes from Galatians chapter 5, verses 17 to 21. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you're not, if you're not led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident which are immortality, impurity, and sensuality, adultery, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, have, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things are not Inherit the kingdom of God Wow Most likely you've been caught off guard By a wave of jealousy at some point in your life Was it a spiritual attack? Did the enemy make you feel Convetious? Was someone or something working to make you Resentful? The answer which may surprise you Is no Jealousy actually comes Actually springs from within us even when we might try to deflect, deflect the blame, for example, we may say, well, they shouldn't have done that. They don't deserve it. So I'm perfectly justified in feeling this way. You see what is going on here? We're not feeling, we're not feeling envious of someone, but we're saying that our jealousy is the other person's fault. That's simply not true. We are each 100% responsible for our own feelings of envy. Jealousy is a product of the flesh. In the Bible, it is listed as one of the sins as adultery, immortality, drunkenness, sorcery. Sins that, that stand against our holy God are described as earthly, natural, demonic. As it says in the, in, in the, in the passage that I just read, and also in James chapter 3 and 15. Envious feelings can lead to unhealthy comparison of one's own success to someone else's. That pattern can grow to a competition to outperform others and may result in fear and resentment. 
What a horrible way to live. Though jealousy is a common emotion, it has no place in a believer's life. So each of us should try to look objectively at the motives of our heart. Are you plagued with an attitude of jealousy today? If so, lay your honest feelings out before the Lord and ask him to cleanse you of the sinful attitude. Cleanse you of the sinful attitude. Man. Maybe I need to hear that for today. I've been in my feelings all day today, even though I've been asleep with hopes today. Who knows? We're going to take a quick station break. We'll be right back. We're going to talk some Big 12 football. Y'all stay tuned. I 
was never really wrong What if I did get my plenty shine What if I didn't care about others As long as I was getting mine What if I did travel around the globe Profit the whole world in the process Man, lose my soul What if I did get in magazines And when I showed up, nobody else mattered When I hit the scene What if I did have my name in lights And I was making gospel music But I really wasn't living Christ What if I was really nominated And I was arrogant and prideful DesertStormRadio.com, your global DJ network, brought to you by the world-famous DJ Clue. Clue. Welcome back to the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. The main event is in the building, talking Big 12 football, so excited. Got about two weeks away from the full season starting, but a mere Five days away, Friday night, Friday night, Friday night, Stanford, Stanford, of all teams, Stanford, they play Friday night, the 10.30 game, they play in Australia, and I'm so excited to see college football back, (laughs) excuse me, college football back on, on the main scale again, and and I'm just like I said, I'm I'm so excited to see it and really just ready. I'm ready to just watch college football. I'm, I'm tired of I'm tired of watching reruns of football games of last season. Though even though last season was probably one of the best seasons in a while. So that being said, we're gonna talk Big Twelve football again. Like I said, and last year the Big Twelve had two had two players go to New York. Um, for the Heisman Trophy ceremony, one returning, the other in the NFL. Didi Westbrook, who was a Blitnikoff winner, also uh, called offensive player of the year at Oklahoma. You know, Oklahoma lost so much last year. They lost a coach during the summer, and Bob Stoops, who, who retired suddenly. Um, she in steps in a gal by the name. I mean, Ian steps in, steps in their offensive coordinator, who is probably one of the best coordinators in in the country, in Lincoln Riley. And I'm so excited to see Lincoln Riley be a head football coach. I think he deserves it. I think that that he he's been ready for it. And at this point in time, I think that he's going to be good. He's going to be a great great asset to. 
to the quarterbacks at Oklahoma, and not not only to Baker to Baker Mayfield, but also to Kyler Murray, who, as a redshirt sophomore, probably will get a little bit of more playing time than than he did last year. Um, of course, he didn't sit out last year, but this year he's he's there, and you may see some packages with him. But as I as I said, I mean, that Baker. Baker Mayfield coming back, you know, throwing almost 4,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, eight interceptions. I mean, got Mason Rudolph coming back from a big year as well, 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, four interceptions. I mean, there's a lot of good quarterbacks that are here in the Big 12, you know, that that we haven't really talked much about because either their team struggled in – their defense gave up a lot of points, so that's the reason, probably the reason why you didn't see much. Why you didn't see much of the Big Twelve, you know, on a grander scheme, on a grander scale. The Big Twelve goes back to a championship game this year, which I think is a crock. I mean, I think they should have added two teams. I think Louisville should have been. I think schools like Cincinnati, school like Boise, should have been in the Big Twelve. Give them twelve teams. Give them a bigger landscape. Not only that, when you get into Ohio, you get into that southern Ohio area where there's fertile ground for recruiting, and they may suck in that bit. You know, they may suck in some of those some of those players who won't go SEC in Kentucky or won't go Big Ten, Big Ten, MAC type type um, conferences to maybe get sucked into the Big Twelve. So. I think that that was a mistake there. I think that I think the commissioner needs to go, but that's beyond me, and that that that's part of what I'm not going to talk about. So let's just jump right into where I, where I think things are going to happen. I'm going to go ahead and give you the player of the year. The player of the year, I think, is going to be uh, is going to be possibly a guy like Mason like like a Mason Rudolph. I think Mason Rudolph he gave you a lot last year. Threw over four thousand yards. Threw almost thirty touchdowns. He doesn't throw interceptions. He just doesn't throw interceptions, and that's what makes him a great a great quarterback. And you also look on the flip side of that, and you look at who he's throwing to this year, and and the players that he's got coming back this year. You know, he's got he's got the James Washingtons coming back. He's got Marcel Aitman coming back. He's got Jalen McClessy coming back. All these guys caught touchdown passes from him last year. So, you know, Justice Hill. Was was a running back who you know who came on, and I think that you know who came on in later in the year, ran for over a thousand yards. I mean, he gives you that, he gives you that that second little bit of oomph to this offense. So I like Justice Hill in the backfield with, with Mason Rudolph. I also like like a James Washington, like Keenan Brown, who who can do who can pretty much do anything. You know, he can run a jet sweep. He can come in the backfield. He can take passes in the slot if he has to. So, I mean, Daniel McCleskey is one of those guys. He's just going to be a, a do-everything kind of guy. So is Kenan Brown, who they have him listed as a as a receiver. I think he's going to play be more of a tight end. That's what the Cowboy position is. But he can also give you that stretch play, that stretch, that stretch tight end. Kind of like what a Gronkowski does, or 
or the um the tight end that um that the that the Bears uh drafted um last season. So I mean you got so much you got so much going on and in in the offense for Oklahoma, you know, a lot of run pass options, a lot of a lot of RPOs in, in the in the system. But there's also a lot of drop back, a lot of play action. So and we're gonna see Mason Rudolph improve. Are we gonna is he gonna improve on those twenty eight inter- on those twenty eight touchdowns and four interceptions? I think that he can improve on that. I think there were some costly drops in some games that cost him. Which should have been a, a, a eleven and two season turned out to be a ten and three season. So I, I really thought that I really think that Oklahoma State's better than what than what people think. But if I start from the bottom. I'm going to start from the bottom. I think Oklahoma, Oklahoma State are probably the class of, of probably the class of the Big Twelve. I mean, let's just face it; these are the two most consistent teams in the Big Twelve over the last few years. These are also the, the two teams that have won the Big Twelve four of the last six years. You know, Baylor's snuck their way in there. Um, Baylor snuck their way in there, you know, a couple of times in, in there, too. And so, and, and TCU snuck their way in there. So, with that being said, we're going to look from the top, we're going to look from the bottom to the top. Kansas, David Batty, and that, and that David Beatty and, and that squad, I mean, They've done some nice things to the stadium. I mean, that's probably the the most positive thing I can say about about Kansas right now. Other than the fact that you're going to see them improve again this year. Are they going to be up to par? Nine, ten wins? Heck no. Five, six wins? Yeah, maybe. Um, do I think they go? Do I think they go winless in conference? Yeah, I don't think they go win with the conference. I think they get three wins. I think they get two wins out of conference. But what's going to be very important for them to get the six wins, they've got to beat the three the, the three teams that they have at the beginning of the season: Southeast Missouri, Central Michigan, and Ohio, and then pick up some wins in the Big Twelve. They've got they've got to pick up some. They've got to get something out of the Big Twelve, whether it's two wins, three wins, what have you. They've got to pick. They've got to pick up some wins in order to be at at six wins. I think they can get the four wins, five wins at the most. I don't think they get the six wins. I think they can upset some schools. I think they're going to give some schools a fight. Well, they always give teams a fight, but. David Beatty, I think he's about two years away. You know, he loses a guy like Fish Smithson out of, out, of that back, out of that defensive backfield who gave you a sure tackling defender. And then you look and you look around at the rest of the, at the rest of the squad. This is a, a pretty young squad. Still, even though they do have some juniors and seniors in in good positions on the offensive side of the ball. The defense side of the ball is all juniors, sophomores. You know, you have a couple of freshmen in, in there as well. But 
there's only one senior on on that defense side of the ball. That's where that's where a lot of the problem starts there. They're, they were awful against the run. They were awful against the They were I mean they were they were pretty awful against the run. They were really good against the pass. And that was with a guy like 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 I said with Smith Smith and no, they were really good against the pass in the Big Twelve. I mean, they were first in the passing game in the Big Twelve. So a lot of a lot of the teams couldn't pass on them. A lot of teams struggled passing against them. So when you, when you have a great secondary matched up with a front seven that's not really all that great, and you only have four starters coming back from last year's team, that that in itself hurts you a lot more than 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 hurts you a lot more than it does help. I mean, you only got six starters coming back on the offensive side of the ball as well. So you got a lot of youth that's going to play. You got a lot of untapped potential that's going to play because you got got some seniors that that'll come in and play. You got some junior college transfers that that are, that are coming in and they're probably going to play as juniors as seniors. But here lines the question. Do you give how much longer do you give a guy like David Beatty? I mean, hopefully you give him a little bit more time, a little bit more than two seasons, like you did, like you didn't do with Turner Gill. You know, you fired him in two seasons, and then Charlie Weiss, he was already it was, the school was already in shambles, and he just couldn't get it together. I mean, so I mean, it was in shambles from Mark Mangino. Mark Mangino, when he was there, I mean, it's just the way that he, his operations was there. It, it just, it just isn't, isn't good. And Kansas, five wins, yeah, five wins at the most. They, I mean, I think they can get five wins. I think they can get five. I think it's going to be a stretch to get six. And maybe even a stretch to even get four. To be honest with you, I, I mean, Four to five wins is probably going to be the goal for Kansas this year. And hopefully they start getting in some some more talent coming in because, you know, it's a basketball school and there's your facilities are getting better. As I said, with with the stadium, with the, with, with the football field, doing the races there, taking out the track. Um, they're finally taking out the track. Um, they've taken out the track. You know, adding in those seats, adding in the scoreboard, getting a new um, football facility built uh, that's going to be ready for 2019. Kansas is on the up and up. Are they plat- Are they going in the right direction? Yes, they are going in the right direction. It's just a matter of getting the personnel into. It's just a matter of getting the personnel on the field, as well as getting the personnel from the, co- from the coaching perspective. So. Like I said, Kansas five, five, four to five wins. I think they go. I, I think they go five and seven, two and. I think they go five and seven, uh, two and seven in conference. I mean, I think I think they can get some wins. I, I really do. I think they. I think they can. They can beat the likes of Iowa State, and I think they can beat the likes of K State. You know, even though K State is is. They're going to be rebuilding again this year, and we're talking about K State right now. And I think they'll be rebuilding this year, but 
I think that a rebuild for K State is more is it's not uh, it's not a rebuild per se. I mean, because they got a lot of people coming back, so this is the year that K State can strike while the iron's hot. And the reason why I say strike while the iron's hot is because you got a quarterback in Jesse Ertz who gives you multiple dimensions. Uh, he can give you he can give you the run. He can give you he can show his arm off. The other thing he can do is he can be a great game manager. And he's shown glimpses of taking the games over at times. So we look at K State and a lot of people are saying they might they might have just plateaued this year, like uh, after last year. Um Last year was an abomination. This, that, and the third. You know, they won nine games last year. They could have, they could have easily been six and six. Yeah, they could have easily been six and six. But you play the teams that they played last year on that schedule. That was a tough schedule. It's probably one of the toughest schedules in the country. You know, opening up at Stanford, getting beat by two touchdowns, and the, the fight there was there all night long for all four quarters. You also look at some of the some of the costs also that they had. You know, the Texas Tech, the the, the late the late heroics at Texas Tech uh, against Texas Tech. You know, in the game against Oklahoma, and then you give up twenty one unanswered, and they and they win the game by by twenty one. You know, you're in the game with Kate, with, with Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State just. They just had a little bit more than what you had. So this Bill Snyder does the best with the least, with the least amount of star power, and that's that's one of the things that's going to be the story of Bill Snyder's career. He could win, he can win the big ones, but he did it with a lot less than most. He didn't. He doesn't have the five, the four and five star players like he like he did in the nineties. He doesn't have the star power that he did in the in the late in the like I said in the late nineties, early two thousands. I mean, he just didn't have it. But what he does have is a team that believes in their family and, and believes in themselves. So when I look at when I look at K State schedule and I. And it, it, it behooves me to think that they won't win. They, I mean, a lot of people are saying six wins, seven wins at the most. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at their schedule, and I'm, and I, I'm looking at what they got coming back, and I'm looking at where they play games at this year. They're at Texas. They're at, they're at Texas. They're at, they're at Texas Tech. They're at Oklahoma State this year. You know. You have a great stadium in in Manhattan, in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. The fans are electric there. And you've got big games against Baylor. you got big games against TCU. you got big games against Oklahoma. you also got West Virginia Iowa State coming in as well. This is a good schedule. This is a favorable schedule than most people think. Six wins? No. Seven wins, eight wins, even nine wins this year. 
nine wins. I think they can knock on the door of ten wins this year. That's if you can get the ball rolling in the way that that it should be rolling. Do I think that K State makes it to the to the Big Twelve Championship game? I think they're gonna they can make it, but they're gonna need some major help along the along the way. You know, winning games is, is paramount. But winning the games that you need to win, which are the Baylors, the TCUs, the West Virginias, Oklahoma's, you know, if you can get three if you can get four get four home wins out of the out of the five out of the five games that you have at home and then you get four you get two you get at least three wins on the road, I think this could be a good year for, for K State. I think this could be a real good year for K State. Nine eight nine wins is not out of the realm of possibility. Ten wins is not out of the realm of possibility. I think eight nine wins is probably Realistic? Do I think they go eighty four again? I think they go eighty four again. I think they also, I think they also, I think they go eighty four this year. So, do I think? Like I said, do I think that they'll make it to? Do I think they'll make it to Dallas in the Big Twelve Championship game? No, but they're gonna make a good run for it though. I mean, let's not let's face it; they're gonna make a good run moving forward. We look at a team like Iowa State. Iowa State. They're trending upwards. Again, another team that's trending upwards. But you know, you go from you go from one win to three wins. I mean yes, yes, that's trending. You know, that's trend you know, you go from two wins to three wins to three wins again. You're 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 trending at an even state. But with Matt Campbell and what he can what he brings to to the table at at Iowa State, what he brings to Iowa State is something different. It's going to be something that a lot of people won't understand because he's going to do things his way. He's going to do things a little different. And what I, what I mean by that is this. There's going to be a lot of different things that you're going to see, see him do. Got a, got a quarterback in Jacob Park who who was at Georgia, red-shirted, transferred out. You have another guy, Zeb Nolan, who is an inside guy and can play. But when he plays a true freshman, that's, a, that's the question that you, that you have to ask yourself. So, with that being said, look at Iowa State schedule. Again, Iowa State in that same similar boat as as Kansas. Three wins. Three wins last year. Matt Campbell is a good coach. Let's not get this wrong. What he did in Toledo in five years was was amazing. I'm sorry, in four years was amazing. This is a guy who can coach. This is a guy who's finally going to have a, a, a semblance of what he could do recruiting-wise in the, big, in the Big 12. And what he's done in the Big 12 and what he's brought in, he's brought in some pretty good players. He's brought in some He's brought in some good players. He's kept a lot of in-state guys. He's got a lot of players 
you know, from outside the state of outside the state of Iowa. Got a couple of Texas kids coming in, you know, got a couple of Texas kids, got a couple of Illinois kids. I mean, so he's done a good job recruiting. And he's also recruited the fertile area of Toledo very, very well. Very well. So he's got some he's got some guys coming in from, from the Toledo area. So when you look at Iowa State, we see I see an upward trend. I do see an upward trend. But I also see I also see Iowa State to stand where they are. Three, four wins? No. I mean they'll I think they'll get more than more than four wins. I think they'll get the five wins this year. I actually think that if the ball rolls right and if they get a quarterback and they get a quarterback, they get the quarterback play that they need. Along with a guy like like a David Montgomery, get him going, you know, get him going, get get the receivers going that you have. Alan Lazard, I mean, Alan Lazard is probably one of the best receivers you haven't heard of in college football because he hasn't really caught many balls because of the quarterback issues that the Iowa State have have had, and that's the sad part to this because. Yes, you got some good talent across the board. You really do. I mean, you got five starters coming back. You got six. You got six players that have played that have played some playing time due to injuries. And you also got five players coming back from the defense side of the ball. Three of those players were drafted and have been and have or some of those some of those players they lost last year. A couple of them were drafted late. Some of them have gone on to sign uh, training camp deals. So you you see Iowa State, you, you think, wow, you know, they're the other in-state school. But this is the Iowa State school, it's the Iowa State team that, that could rise up. Do I think they rise up this year? I think that they're – I think that Iowa State is closer to being a year away than – than Kansas is, and that's just that's just the that's just the way that ball rolls because Iowa State can get the recruits. They've done some make some great renovations to the stadium. They've enclosed one side of the stadium. They've also added um, they also added a new excuse me. They also added a new a new uh, facility for for the players. I mean, in the, in that same end zone as a, as a new. Um, Seats and stuff, new club seats, what have you. I mean, this is this is this is a school on the rise, and do I think that Iowa State is close? Yes, I think Iowa State is close. I really do think that Iowa State is close. I think that, like I said, they're a year away from being where they need to be at. But you've got you've got some good receivers. You've got some you've got some pretty good running backs. I mean, if you can keep. You can keep them healthy and find a running back and not run a running back by committee because you have three running backs that went over six, went over 500 yards. And then last year, now then you, you move your quarterback from quarterback to your middle linebacker position in Joel Lanning. And I'm just wondering, why would you do that? He gave you something great. I mean, he threw for almost 1,300 yards. 
I mean, nine touchdowns, three interceptions. I mean, I I, I don't get it. I, I don't I don't get the thought process in that. But when watching the spring game, I mean, he did catch a he did catch a pick six, you know, dropping back in zone coverage. So I I'm just I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, I really don't know why you would do that. And what's the thinking behind Matt Campbell's behind Matt Campbell's thought process there? I just don't I don't understand that, but but then again that's probably why they were three and nine last year. So So there you go. Moving forward. We look at the Texas Tech team and I look at Texas Tech as a team that should that should be much better than what they are. Let's just face it. You go five and seven last year with a guy like Patrick Mahomes, with the receivers that you had, with the receivers that you had last year, with the running game, the type of running game that you had last year. I mean, you you had no running game, and yes, that that's what made that's what made you know Texas Tech such a. I think they're they're just different. I mean, over over the years, I mean, they've been a laughing stock, pretty much. I mean, they can score all the points in the world. But they give up just as many points as they they give up just as many points as they as they score. So you look at the game that that they had last year. I mean, almost a thousand yards of total offense by yourself. I mean, I'm serious. I mean, you you had like eight hundred nineteen yards total offense. You, I I don't even know how to explain Texas Tech. They're an enigma, and Cliff Kingsbury is on the ropes because of this. And let let's let's be honest about this. You made some changes defensively that you needed to change. You brought in David Gibbs, who was a great defensive mind. Watch the spring game. They look like the same Texas Tech team of old, so to speak. Patrick Mahomes, you know, he leads you there. You know, number three all-time passer. But you, you don't have – you didn't have a running game last year. And you won't have a running game this year, looks like. Until Texas Tech gets balanced, they won't win more than five 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 games. Do I think they can win more than five games? I think they can win more than five games if they can find a running back to complement your – I mean, to complement your quarterback because – Quarterback can only do so much. Patrick Mahomes was a dual threat guy. Patrick Mahomes had had feet. That's why he got drafted when he got drafted. So, 
But I'm looking at I'm looking at a Texas Tech schedule and you know, you play Eastern Washington at home. And then you have an off week September ninth and then you're playing eleven straight eleven straight weeks. In the Big Twelve Conference and the three teams that you play out out of conference probably be the most difficult three teams that anybody can play this year. You have a Texas team who's coached by Major Apple White. I'm sorry, an Oklahoma team that's coached by Major Apple White who is going to bring something different there as well. And you look at Arizona State in that spread. You look at Eastern Washington. Even though Eastern Washington lost their head coach to Cal, and he becomes the the head the, uh, offense coordinator at Cal. Eastern Washington is going to throw the ball all over the place. I mean, you saw what Cooper Cup did last year to, to Washington State. You see what what this team can do to to Big Twelve. To, I'm sorry, to Pac Twelve schools. Now they're coming and play a, a Big Twelve school in Texas Tech. They could shock the world. I mean. I'm, I'm not gonna say I'm not I'm gonna say this publicly because looking at their defensive record from last year, David Gibbs is gonna change a lot. He's gonna change a lot of the defensive culture at at Texas State, but it's not gonna change that. It's not gonna change overnight. This Houston Washington team, this is the upset special of the of the year. I'm, I'm gonna say it straight out. Eastern Washington almost beat Oregon one year. Eastern Washington DB Oregon State with Vernon Adams at quarterback. This is the team that beat Washington State last year with a freshman quarterback and a and a and a receiver by the name of Cooper Cup who got drafted in the in the second round of last year's draft. This is a good team that that almost won the national championship last year. They lost in the FCS in my finals. Eastern Washington, they can win. They can beat Texas Tech. I'm, I'm saying it publicly. This, this could be the team that beats Texas Tech. Yeah, if they, they don't win against Eastern Washington, that's going to be a bad year for Texas Tech. You're going to hear some rumblings about getting letting Keith, Cliff Kingsbury go, even though he's a guy who's a Texas Tech alum. That's just, that's just it. So, we're through. We're halfway through our halfway through the the, the preview of the Big Twelve championship of, of the Big Twelve. We're gonna take a quick station break. We'll be right back. We're gonna talk more Big Twelve football. Y'all stay tuned. DesertStormRadio.com. Made me cold, made me cold, made me cold. 
so I guess I'm a soldier. Raised in my city with women selling pussy for 50 and searching nothing they never had, and that word is love. If they ain't steady putting all that white inside they piping as they like, they try to feel that love. And little niggas dying on some block. He ain't even have to hustle. All he wanted was to shine. Should have been bumping a hundred miles and running when I told him I grinded. Yo, grinding my shine was to your shine, nigga. Look within your mind, nigga. When you see that light, that in the glow, that be your shine, nigga. Even if nobody else don't see it, as long as you can see it, that should be your main ambition to go out and really be just what you dreamed up. Can't be a sequel of my father's life. I'm out that man about a month ago. He ain't living right. Damn, he was a big time dope dealer Like father, like son, guess that's why I spit this dope nigga Boss, that's what's in front of my uncle Lack of cash made him hunger, but got caught up in the jungle Yeah, that's word to Marcel, rise above by themselves I'll be 20 when you get out, I plan to have some mail That was my goal for Dominique, but guess it just wasn't time In 15 years, they finally came Now I'm waiting in line for them visits, them phone calls I used to play you my beats, sometimes I didn't know what to say Cause you was trapped, I was free Make your closer partner never be your friend again Now that I am older, wish sometimes I was a kid again Cause struggle is a beast, I ain't no weakness in these streets Either you strive or you eat, it's one key's wine glass Columbus Georgia, revving that H, Columbus Georgia, what
Welcome back to the Press Box with Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. The main event is in the building. So excited to be talking Big 12 football. <laughs> and I'm very excited just to be talking about West Virginia football right now. And it's funny that we that we're talking about to, the, about about West Virginia football because you know we 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 don't hear this song too much either. Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountain, Shenandoah River. Life is older there, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like the breeze, country road, take me home. After the game, enjoy as every Virginia win. I, I, I'm willing, I'm willing to believe so, and I'll tell you why I'm willing to believe so. And I'm gonna let it play while I'm talking here. Scott Howard did a great job in three years. That when we look at Howard and see what he's done, so far he's Getting some big wins in and around around the conference, including a win over Oklahoma State, including a win over including wins over Oklahoma State, including wins over Kansas, K State, and Texas. Some good quarterbacks. Now they got even better quarterbacks. Will Greer, who was the number three quarterback coming out of high school. Was also was also a Elite Eleven quarterback. He checked in after the Michigan State transfer Florida. I'm just really excited about what's going to happen, especially getting the Jake Spavital, especially getting the Jake Spavital offense, as well as playing for Dana Holgerson, who likes to be wide open, who likes to who likes to air it out a little bit. And then you have then you have a running game in Justin Crawford, who gives you a lot, a lot, gives you a lot of. You can catch the ball in the backfield. This is this is this is a crazy crazy situation. You know, you got you got a lot of play, you got a lot of you lost a lot last year, but you've also got some experience coming in coming out. You know, it's coming back. You don't have much on the defensive side, but you have a lot that have played that have played over the course of a few years. So, with that being said, you look at you look at what you have. I mean, wow, just wow. A lot of people think that West Virginia could win eight games at the most, seven wins, seven eight wins. Myself. I'm looking at this team. Yes, they are young. Yes, you don't know what you're gonna get out. Of, you don't know what you're gonna get out of the, out of this team this year. 
You don't know what you're going to get out of Will Greer other than the fact that you know he's got a cannon of an arm and you know that he can run the ball when he needs to be run. But he's got some great talent that he can throw to. Javon Durante, who he won't have for the season opener against Virginia Tech, his suspension, but he has Karan White, he has Jerry Jennings, he has Marcus Sims. All those guys played last year. All those guys caught balls and scored touchdowns. That tells you a lot about about those guys. Even though they didn't they didn't get the ball much, they did score they did score a touchdown and they did get on the field. These are some good these are some good blocking kind of, good blocking receivers as well. And then you look at the offensive line. Yes, you have yes you have like two, like two starters coming back from the offensive line, but you also have guys who have played. You have guys who have who have come in and started before, you know, gotten three or four starts before. So this is not like a team. This is not like a team that that that's not that's not the covers not unbearable and they're not experienced. This is a team that yes, there's experience there. Yes, you have seen some of these players play, but at the same time. What are you gonna get from what are you gonna get from the offensive line? Will you will they digress into being that offensive line that you had two years ago where they gave up like forty something sacks to this to this line here? Then they gave up then they gave up like twenty, twenty one sacks. So last well, I'm sorry, eight seventeen, eighteen sacks, something like that last year. So you know, I'm looking at that as well. You see a lot of graduate transfers coming in. Uh, Corey Winfield, who played at Syracuse. Uh, Kazir White, uh, brother Kawan and Kevin and, and Kevin White, uh, who both have played and are playing at West Virginia right now. Um, so I mean, like you, you got a lot. You got a lot coming back. You got you got some. You got a lot of a lot of things coming back, and if you can get. The ball rolling the right way. Yes, you'll see West Virginia win nine, ten games again this year. Do I think they go ten and three this year? Yes, I think they'll go ten and three this year with the bowl win. Do I think they go nine and three? Um, nine and three, six and three in conference. I think that is possible. I think it's very possible. But they got they got a difficult day with Virginia Tech. They've got a difficult day with with East Carolina, Delaware State. Delaware State's playing a money game, so. I mean, they can easily come out of that two and one. They can easily come out of that three and zero. Oh. But with the Justin Fuente uh, team in, in Virginia Tech, and the way that they play ball, they're playing ball right now. And the way that they play ball at the end of last year, this is going to be a better game than people think. This may be the game of the weekend, to be honest with you. If you look at it from that standpoint, this also could be the game. This also could be the game of the weekend when you look at Alabama, Florida State. You know, you look at Michigan. <laughs> look at Michigan playing as well. This is this is a Michigan playing Florida. So you know, you look at a lot. Of, you look at a lot of these matchups opening week of the season. This is this is opening week of the season could be just as good as it was last year. West Virginia could be pulling off an upset. So. Like I said, I'm very excited to see. I'm very excited to see this game. See West Virginia, what they do, especially. I'm, I'm, 
I'm excited to see Will Greer in Jake Spavacall's offense. I, that's what I'm excited to see because you know Jake's going to throw it around. You also know Jake's going to be very, very deliberate. He's going to be very, very – he's not going to be deliberate in the sense that he's going to go just slow it down. He's going to be deliberate in play calling. He's going to be deliberate in in being a 50-50, being efficient, a, a, a more efficient play caller. Because we look at what he what he did at Texas Tech. Look at what he's done what he's done last year here at West Virginia. This is this is a team. West Virginia is a team on the rise. Will they be? Will West Virginia? Be one of those teams to go to go to to Dallas and play in, play in a uh, championship game. I I don't I don't think so. They'll be close. They'll be very close. But that's not going to be the team. I, I don't think those are going to be the two teams that that we're going to be looking at moving forward. Now we we looked at. We've looked at we've we've heard so much about Baylor and the controversies that that surround Baylor that surround Baylor and everything that goes on in at Baylor right now with the whole situation with with the Art Brows and and that whole that whole situation. I mean. I'm so tired of hearing about it. We have a new coach there, Matt Rule, who came who comes over from Temple, who's gonna do things a little different. Yeah, you're gonna see some shred principles. Yeah, you're gonna see some some pistol, but you're gonna see more of a pro style, multi-dimensional type offense, kind of like what you see Florida State does, kind of the Florida State type offense, and. And it's gonna make for it's gonna make for something different. It's gonna make for something amazing if you think about it. Baylor Baylor went six and six because they lost a lot. They lost a lot of players. They lost a lot of players to suspension. They lost a lot of players to to transferring, but they still brought in a really good recruiting class. And the reason why they brought in a good recruiting class is is simple. People still want to come to Baylor. People still want to get the good education that Baylor can give you. So that's that's more of the reason as to why Baylor, to me, last year wasn't an abomination. Probably so. But do I think that do I think Baylor a lot of people think they'll win six games this year. They went seven and six last year. Do I think they win they win more than six games this year? I think they win I think they win seven. I think they win seven, eight wins. I don't think that they'll be in, in that top hat. I don't think they'll be Competing for for a Big Twelve championship this year, I think because because what's going to happen is, is you're going to see 
a little bit a little bit more of a change and whereas they they they've been running a spread there, you're gonna see a little bit more you're gonna see a little bit more of a deliberate type type approach to to Baylor's play. And that's not that's not indicative of what Baylor can do offensively. It's just really what you see what you see them do on the field as well as off the field. I mean it's gonna be different. I mean, I just feel like the culture is going to be different. The play calling is going to be a lot different. I mean, you have no Shockland Wood this year. You have you have no Seth Russell, but you have a Zach Smith who can play, who can ball out, and New Solomon who <laughs> who um, who's a graduate transfer in. So. I mean, you, you got players that can play. You got you got players that can play. Terrence Williams is, is going to give you gonna give you a lot. I mean, this is a guy who could have ran for could have ran for more than more than a thousand yards last year. You know, injuries hurt last year, but at the same time, this is a team that, like I said, is going to be on the rise. And do I think this year is going to be the year that they they make it? No, six wins, seven wins could be could be possible. But any, anything other than that, I, I don't think they'll get more than six. I don't think they'll get more than seven wins. Six wins at the most. So, but I do like the quarterback play. I do like I, like I said, I do like the quarterback play. Uh, Zach Smith has played, and New Solomon comes comes over from Arizona. Um, I mean, it's just I, I just I just see just a Baylor team being a whole hum Baylor team, but they could be better. Do I think that they'll that they'll that they'll have the wins that they need to to be to be an elite team? No, not this year. Not this year. Give them next year. Matt Rule's gonna be very. Matt Rule's a very good coach. Matt Rule actually, actually is a, is a perfect fit for this team. You know, you you come from a private Jesuit university. This is a private Methodist university, so he he's in the right spot. He knows what he knows how to recruit. He knows where to recruit. So I just think that Baylor. Baylor's gonna be a year to year process. Baylor's going to be one of those schools where you don't know how long they're going to get probation-wise. You don't know what's going to happen to them from that standpoint, and that makes that makes Baylor that makes Baylor on limbo in limbo to be honest with you. So, I mean, Matt rules the right coach at the right time. Do I think he'll stick around? I think he will, but I think. But has to, what has to happen is you gotta hope that they don't get a long probation, which I think that they will. I think they'll get, I think they'll get the Penn State treatment. I think they'll lose a lot of a lot of um, scholarships. I think they go on probation at least two years. So I mean, at least three, four years. I mean that that 
that that in itself is gonna it's gonna be different. And like I said, they're gonna lose some scholarships. They're not gonna go bowling this year, I don't think. Um, I don't know if they self imposed a bowl a bowl ban, but um, I think that you know once everything clears up. Baylor's going to be on probation. The probation list, you know, you just don't know. But moving on, you know, and we talk about I mean, when we talk about schools that that have been that are ready to to hit that top echelon. We we would talk TCU. TCU had an abomination last year. I mean, they really did. I mean, you know, six and seven last year, which was, which to me, is an abomination because you look at what they've done over the past, <laughs> over the past decade, and you know, 2013 was was a was a bad year because they rebuilt in 2013. They moved from they moved from the from the Mountain West to the Big 12 in 2012. You know, 2013. You know, they rebuilt. They were pretty much rebuilding. 2014 was was a great year. 2015 was a great year. But at the same time. Last year, you know, I'm not gonna necessarily say it's a rebuilding year, but it, it's it's gonna be a different year because you're gonna have a lot of young players playing on our defensive side of the ball. There's returning seven starters, but you're also gonna have some veteran people, and a lot of people say, you know. Nine wins for this team, nine, you know, eight, eight, seven wins for seven, eight wins for TCU. I think TCU has a better has a better record than possibly Texas this year. I think looking at Texas' schedule, look at TCU schedule. They're at Arkansas. They got Jackson. They got Jackson State first first game at Arkansas. And then they play SMU in the rivalry game. And SMU is gonna be is gonna be much improved. They got a pretty good recruiting class coming in and also you know, Coach Morris over there at, at SMU, he's starting to get things going over there. He's starting to get the players that he wants in. He's got a quarterback now that he that he can possibly he can possibly lean on. So TCU, that's now their their out of conference schedule is is very very strong. This is a strong out of conference schedule, aside from Jackson State. And Jackson State went three and eight last year. So, but this is a money game from Jackson State. So. So yeah, I mean, like we look at it from that standpoint. Yes, this this is a this is a, a tough schedule. I mean, do they have the toughest schedule in the Big Twelve? Yeah, possibly. Do they have the toughest schedule? Do they have the toughest schedule? You know, 
among the teams that that I think is going to win? Not really. Not really. I mean, I think they have a much better. I think they have a much better chance of winning the games that they that they that they can win, simply because of who they have at home. I mean, they don't have they have Texas at home, they have West Virginia at home, they have Baylor at home. But the difficulty in this, and I think this is the reason why people think that they won't win the amount of games that they're going to win, that I think they can win, is because you have to go to K-State, you have to go to Oklahoma, you have to go to Oklahoma State, you have to go to, you have to, go to Texas Tech. Outside of those, I mean, you got Texas at home, you got Baylor at home. So, yes, you can win. You can – if you can pick off, you can pick off two of those wins. I mean, Iowa State's a pretty much a sure bet. Kansas is pretty much a sure bet. That's a home game. I mean, eight and four is not is not gonna is not out of the realm of, realm of possibilities. Eight and four is not. I mean, eight and four is is gonna be a great. It's gonna be great, especially for TCU, who went for six and seven. You no, know, six and six last year lost their bowl game. So, I mean, like I said, this is an abomination. You know, one game under 500, I mean, I think yeah, I think the whole time that he's been, that Gary Patterson's been head coach, I think he's had like three losing seasons in 17 years, 16 years, 17 years, something like that. So, in the 16 previous years, I mean, he's only had three losing seasons. I mean, not bad at all. Not a bad job at all. But here here's the here, here's what here's here's one of the schools I think could be favored to win. It could be favored to win the Big Twelve. And really shouldn't even be favored to win the Big Twelve, to be honest with you. I mean I look at I look at Texas And my, you know, it, it's hard to to see Texas on the sidelines without a guy like Charlie Strong. Charlie Strong was a strong head coach. He dealt with so much adversity, you know, from from the board of trustees, the boosters. Not wanting him there to winning big games to losing big games <laughs> to ultimately losing his job because he couldn't win the games he should have won. That's just just crazy. You know, then you look at you know, then you look at the personnel he had you had a two thousand yard rush in in Deontay Freeman. You had a guy in Chris Warren Junior, Chris Warren the third, who is possibly as good as it gets. You know, Kyle Porter's gonna be there. You know, Shane Bushell gave you a little bit of running gave you a little bit of running, even though he's more of a pocket passer. He's more of a pocket passer than, than anything. 
and that that's the thing that just that's the thing about Texas. I mean, they were so Jekyll and Hyde under under Charlie Strong. I think that he gave him a year to get it to get it right because he was still playing with house money. You know, he was still playing with Matt Brown's guys. Last year was the first year he had his own guys. And for Texas, you know, to strike on strike on on him the way that they did and it, it just sucks. It really does suck. Um but at the same time you got Tom Herman. You got a guy in Tom Herman who is possibly probably one of the better Better finds at coaches ever, and I, and here here's the thing. No knock on Texas, but Charlie Strong did not leave this cupboard unbare. You got some good athletes here. You got some great athletes. You know, you lose Tyron Swoops. You still got Jaron Hurt, John Burt, uh, little Jordan Humphrey. Devin DuVernay, who can catch the ball anywhere. Armonte Foreman, Chris Warren Jr. can catch the ball out of the backfield for being a 6'3", 250-pound guy. I mean, but the offense is going to run the way that the running back runs. I mean, even though the quarterback touches the ball on every play. If you can get Chris Warren going, and if he can play the way that that he's been playing, and he he stay and he stays healthy, not tear not tearing ACL again or, or or get hurt again. This is a, this is a team that could be on the rise on the real rise. They're on the cusp of being just a great team. They really are. I mean, got a good schedule. You got a good favorable schedule. You I mean you're playing you're playing at, you're playing Maryland and San Jose State at home. And then you're playing at USC. Got Iowa State on Thursday night. Following the bye week, Texas at home, Oklahoma and Dallas, Oklahoma State at home. You go to Baylor, you go to TCU. You have Kansas. You go to West Virginia, and you're at home to Texas Tech. I mean, how how good of a schedule is that? I mean, for me, looking at this schedule. This is a favorable schedule for Texas. Tom Herman walked in on the on the right time to have the schedule. And I'm going to tell you why he walked in on the right time to have the schedule. When you have the teams that you have at home, you're the home team against, against Oklahoma this year. You, you got K-State at home. You got Oklahoma State at home. You got Kansas and, and Tech at home. But – and then you have experience. You have experience at quarterback, Sam Bichelle. Will he have a short leash with Sam Bichelle? I hope he doesn't. Because looking at Sam Bichelle and looking at the way he played last year, this is a guy who played with so much poise last year. Threw for almost 3,000 yards. 21 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Yeah, that's kind of high, 11 interceptions. And, yeah, I mean, I, I do believe that I mean, yeah, that's kind of high. I mean, it really is. 
But at the same time, you look at and but at the same time you look at you look at you look at what he's done as a true freshman. He was a true freshman last year, eighteen years old. You look at the pedigree he's coming from. I mean, his father was a major league baseball player. Father's a bench coach for the Texas Rangers. You know what kind of poise he has. And then you have a guy that's coming in behind him and Sam Ellinger. Sorry, Sam Ellinger, who just single handedly bullied his way into the number two position. I mean, that that's that's those are good signs for Texas in in the in the future. And it really is. Because you, you know you got you know you got the quarterback you know you got the quarterback play you got quarterback play for the future you got running backs for days you have a stable receivers that you can throw to a lot of those receivers are are young a lot of those receivers a couple of those receivers are 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 juniors no. You know, you got a lot of them that are juniors, sophomores, juniors, and one senior, and one senior. So, with those receivers, I mean, those receivers, and the quarterback like Sam Michelle, and the quarterback like Sam Ellinger, this is a scared group. This is a scared group, and... It's scary because you look at the youth. I mean, you look at the youth of this team. I mean, even the even the the line, the, the offensive line, it's a veteran. It's it's a veteran group, but it's also. Guys is a veteran group, but it's also a group that still has players that have played behind it. You got a first team All America offensive tackle. I mean who played on a five and seventeen. I mean you have one of the nation's best punters and Michael Dixon who was a who was a I mean, who was a Ray Gaffin last year? This is a this Texas team outside of Oklahoma and Oklahoma State is possibly the best team in in the Big Twelve. Do I think that they that they sneak in? They could possibly sneak in, but I, I don't think they will. And the reason why I don't think they will is because. You play Oklahoma, Oklahoma State in back-to-back weeks. You play Baylor. At Baylor, you play TCU at TCU. So, you essentially, you're traveling. You have three road games, even though one of those games isn't a, a true road game, I mean, or anything. But in Oklahoma, but you have to go to Dallas to play it. So, yeah, you have to travel there. And then you're at home to Texas. Then you have to travel to Baylor and TCU. Th- those, aren't, those aren't fun places to go. The fan bases are crazy. So, looking at that from that standpoint, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
difficult road to hoe. But the the eight wins now is not out of the realm of possibility, especially with Tom Herman type offense. Sam Michelle is a perfect fit for that offense. So is Sam Ellinger, who who is a who is a dual threat guy. And let's just hope that he doesn't have the short lease on 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 Michelle. I mean, let's just hope he doesn't. I mean, because this 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 Michelle guy is he lights out. And I mean, I just, I'm really just, I'm really excited to see Texas this year. I'm really excited to see what the part is going to look like, and and if it if it's going to be the way that everybody else thinks that the way that the boosters want it to be, and the way that the people think it should be. You know, really just one. I'm really just wondering that, and and hopefully, hopefully everything works out works out for them. I mean, I really do hope that that Texas don't don't mess up. I mean, it's just the way that goes. And the final team that we're going to talk about, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, for me, like I said, like I said about Oklahoma earlier, this is a team you know what you're going to get. You're going to get out of Oklahoma State. You know, you know what you're going to get out of Oklahoma State. You know what kind of offense they run. You know. You know the players they have, and you know I talked about Oklahoma, Oklahoma State earlier, but I just want I just want to reiterate some things to you. This is a good Oklahoma State team. This is a good Oklahoma team. Those are the that's the class of the that's the class of the Big Twelve team. And the reason why I say they're the class of the Big Twelve is because I think that they're going to be one and two, and I think those are going to be the two teams that play in Dallas. And how they match up, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, it's going to be simple. Whoever can win the turnover battle will win the game. And it's been that way for Oklahoma, Oklahoma State over the past five to seven years. Whoever wins that game, they win the turnover battle. Last year it was Oklahoma. Oklahoma forced four turnovers last year and three or four interceptions. I mean, I mean, I'm just, I'm so, I'm so excited to see, to see, you know, what what's going to happen, you know, in Bedlam. But I'm not trying to rush the season away. But I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to see how the season pans out for, for all these teams. And here, here we go with my, with my look at, at how the Big Twelve is going to go. Okay. Ten, uh, last place, of course, is going to be Kansas. I think not. I think Kansas again, even though they're trending upwards. You know, getting new facilities, getting all the thing, getting all the amenities done to the stadium. I think they still have a ways to go. I think that they're about two or three years away, and if they're patient with David Beattie and let him. Get the scholarships that he needs. Get the scholarship players he needs. Grab the experience guys that he needs. I think you'll see a lot. You'll see the product get better at Kansas. Iowa State nine. A little bit different story for Iowa State than I than I think for for Kansas. 
yes, they're young. Yes, they're yes, they're trying to they're trying to do something different. But the culture's changed a little bit at Iowa State. You're starting to see the facilities come to fruition. You know, improvements to 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 um, Jack Trice Stadium, new new facility for the for the players. That 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 is that is big time for them. I think number eight, and it's funny that I say eight. Um, Texas Tech. I, I don't like. I said I don't think Texas Tech can can be that team that they should be. Um, I don't think Texas Tech is a team that that they that they should be. I think once they find a defensive identity to go along with with the offense, and if the offense can find a running back, a reliable running back, I think that the Texas Tech team is going to be a lot better. But until they find that, I mean, they're just going to be in trouble. I look at seven, I see – I don't know about TCU. I don't know about West Virginia. Well, you know, a lot of people talk about West Virginia being, you know – Having an abomination this year. No, I mean, I like where I like I like West Virginia over Baylor. So Baylor is seven, West Virginia is six. I think KSH five, TCU is four, Texas Tech is three, Oklahoma State two, and Oklahoma one. Oklahoma Oklahoma State plays in the plays in the Big Twelve championship game. I think Oklahoma State wins the championship. I think it's going to be close. I think a lot of people are going to going to think that I'm crazy when I say this, but Oklahoma State is a better team than Oklahoma because they do have a better defense. Uh, they do have like Oklahoma's. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. Oklahoma has a better team than Oklahoma State, but I think Oklahoma State wins the Big Twelve championship game because. They'll find a way to win again, to win over. They'll find a way to be better than than Oklahoma. They, they this is the way that that's gonna. I think that that's gonna pan out. But that being said, you know, coach of the year. I think I think the coach of the year this year will be a guy. I, th- I really think that Gary Patterson can, if he can will his team to victory, I think Gary Patterson won his coach of the year. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I also think Daniel Holgerson could be could be a better player, could be a, could be a big player in that also. Um, will Greer is going to be the wild card. Um, so West Virginia can be a, can be a lot better. TCU can be really good. Michigan can be really good. Texas can be really good. K State can be really good. Um, you know, Baylor. I think next year Baylor will be really good. So, um, I'm just, like I said, I'm just excited to see to see the season how it's going to pan out. And like I said, I'm just, I'm just ready for it. I'm just ready for it to be here. But we're gonna take a quick station break. We'll be right back. We gonna talk some high school football, y'all. Y'all stay tuned.
up with all kinds of talent. DesertStormRadio.com, your global DJ network, brought to you by the world-famous DJ Clue. Clue. Welcome back to the Prince Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. The main event is in the building. Again, I'm so excited to be a part of, to be a part of everything that is, that is with the, the Live by Chance Network. Um, watching watching the Corky Kale Classic yesterday, um, saw something very disturbing, and uh, it kind of it kind of really rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, um, you know, I'm, I'm a kid from I'm from Georgia. I've I've been around some of these high school coaches since I was. As young as eight years old, nine years old, and <clears throat> some of them I met while I was in middle school. Others I met, you know, over the course of high school and over the course of the last over the last three uh, three four years since I've been doing the show. And um, a couple of those coaches that I met, Rush Probes and um, and Keith Maloof, um, Keith Maloof of North Cross High School. Um, it it kind of um, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way at the end of the game. The officials really messed, really blew that game. That was a great game to watch. It was a great game to to to. I, I enjoyed, um, I enjoyed watching it. And um, one of the things that that really got to me was at the end of the game where. You know, there was a lot of jawing back and forth between the team, between the between the some of the players and and everything, and and um, there was one player in particular where there was a uh, Pastor Stone got out of bounds, and not only did he get out of bounds, he stepped out of bounds, and the guy kept trying to tackle him, so the kid kicked out at him. They didn't call a personal foul on that, but then you. You mess up. You put the ball in the middle of the field. North House didn't have any timeouts. You put the ball in the middle of the field, so you have to take the time to move the ball to the hash. And they couldn't get the ball off six field goal, which he made in time. And then he was roughed. He was roughed at that at that same point as well. So in all of that, after the game. Some shouting went went on between the coaches, and then eventually, some of the players, well, all the Crawford County players were pretty much off the field, which is which is so good. But 
but the the Norcross players were still on the field, and the coaches were still on the field, and some of the coaches got into other coaches' faces, and then some of the players got got involved, and one of the players threw a punch. I don't care how how bad you lose. I don't care that you lost. But there's a way to lose, and there's a way to win. Talkwood County handled it with class. And Rush Pro said it best in, in his post-game interview. Emotions got the best of everybody. And not only did emotions get the best of everybody, but this is a game where it happens. Where one team will win, one team will lose. I mean, we've all been there. We've all done this before. He said that. He said that, and it made so much sense to me because I've looked at I've looked at Coach. I've, I've been on the sidelines with Coach Maloof before. You know, not only at the Corky Kill, but I was I was also on the sidelines for for one of the games um, last season at Norcross and. I got to just just watch him just operate with his team, and not only did I get to see him operate his team the way that he does, but he is such a great coach in and out that when he's happy, he's happy. When he's, when he's mad, he's mad. But at the same time, there I mean it was really no. There's really no intent for either for either team to be the way that they 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 were. You know, yeah, there was a lot of jawing going on. The officials heard a lot of the jawing. They didn't do anything to to remedy the situation. They didn't they didn't throw any flags. They didn't do anything of the sort. And that's what makes that's what I, that's what makes me so mad. I mean, <clears throat> the officials. Are part of the are some of the cause to this problem. The coaches police their teams to be quiet. I mean, in watching that game, I, I saw pros getting getting to a couple guys' faces about jawing and things of that nature. And I also saw the Norcross coaches do the same thing. I, it's just very it behooves me to think that a. <clears throat> That a the the officials didn't take control of that game. Two and B the coaches didn't police their, their their kids enough. And C the fact that after the game you had you had teams from from the next game coming up on the field and <clears throat> you're causing and. Your kids aren't off the field, and it took policemen to step in between everybody and break everybody up. This isn't Georgia high school football. This isn't this isn't football the way that the way that I see it in Georgia. Yes, I understand the emotion of the game. I do understand the emotion of the game. But there has to be some self-control. There has to be some sort of balance. Something has to give. 
and that's just the way that goes. And that's the way I look at it, and that's my take on it. We're going to take another quick session break. We'll be right back. We're going to wrap up. DesertStormRadio.com, your global DJ network, brought to you by the world-famous DJ Clue. searching for this truth here. Uh, no fellas ain't locking in. Uh, 
same bitch just dropping in. Uh, why you sound like lots of them? Well, can't be a better jacket than through the lights on my own. I get away. New white, new stage, new life, new game, new price, same vision, new life. If I can get away. At these crib. If I can get away. Like a villain on a getaway. See the pedal break. Welcome back into the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. The main event is in the building. Uh, almost that time to get up out of here, guys. And, and uh, it's, you know, I come with a heavy heart today because um, Saturday night I, I, I come home after work and I, I get some news about uh, a friend who was like a brother to me who was probably one of the one of the first people that I actually hung out with um, in Auburn, in Auburn, Opelika area, and um, he uh, he lost his life. Um, if I'm not understand, if I understand correctly, he lost his life on Friday, and for um, well, Saturday early hours of Saturday morning, and and. Um, I'm gonna miss him a lot, man. I mean, that dude is—he was my—he was my dude, and um, he's a big time Auburn fan. And he, uh, everyone that he talked that he talked to, he he uh, he pretty much touched him in a way that 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 you don't that you don't normally get touched by with a person, and and um, it was it was it was it was heartbreaking for me. Um, but uh, Jason, Danny, you'll be missed, man. Um, thanks for thanks for, for the crazy conversations that we had, and man, your your insights, your wisdom. I mean, it's just like you and T Rex, man. Like y'all, are the same person. I mean, y'all both helped me through tough times, and you know, it's just. I, I, I'm gonna hate not getting that 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 morning, getting that morning that morning inspiration from you, you know, or getting that that war eagle on Saturday morning before before game on game day. It, it's it's just it's it's a it's a pretty hard situation that. That I'm having to deal with, man, and you know, I'm, 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 I'm hoping that his wife will will find the strength to, and God will give her the strength and and uh, give her understanding and give him give her the strength to to, to go forward. And I said, man, Danny, you'll be missed. Um. But um, just want to thank I want to thank um, some other people as well. Batman, Wendy, T Rex. You know, thanks for your friendship. Thanks for giving me the platform to do what I love. Uh, working on a new blog. Hopefully, I'll be done with it tonight, and I can have it um, out in the morning. So. Um, that being said, man, everybody have a great week and everybody love everybody. Challenge everybody to love everybody. And 
It's game week, baby. Game week, game week, week one. Week one in Georgia, week one in Alabama. Um, you know, first game of college football season coming up. And, you know, just some big-time games coming up, man. Y'all y'all need to stay tuned. Y'all need to, y'all need to just, just watch out. And uh, that being said, man, y'all have a great weekend. And, yo, we all got dreams. So tailgate. I feel you're someone that's not only concerned with what's happening right now, but with your legacy as well. Um, what is the legacy that you're looking to leave behind? That I changed the world and I have fun doing it. Veronica, we all got dreams. I keep a Veronica, we all got dreams. Hey, I keep a rolling because we all got dreams. I keep a rolling because we all got dreams. Right? I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams. I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams. Yeah, I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams. I keep it rolling cause we all got yeah. The way I see it, it's only me and my team Motivated by pictures of places I've never been It's gonna leave the city and search for some better things My fam and a couple dollars, that's all that's left in my jeans Ain't accepted by nothing, we gunning by any means Wide awake on the surface, inside I'm living this dream Of going city to city with stories of what I've seen Lost in the translation, the mind of a human being I'm riding on life's pavement and trying to find what it means Fighting for something stronger than bottles of Jimmy Bean Study the moves of legends from Bob Marley to Queens, but drawing my inspiration from Rage Against the Machine. Saw it as a motivation and fueling my self-esteem. Could have been stationary instead on stations I scheme. Brought myself on a road to becoming something I've seen. It's just the sound of a gentleman getting after his dreams. Run it. <laughs> uh, Run it. Booth right now. Yeah. Run it. You're gonna have to turn that loud down. <laughs> uh, uh. What? Gentlemen, again, after his dreams, running. Got dreams. I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams. I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams. I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams. Boy, I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams. I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams. Yeah, I keep it rolling cause we all got. I keep it rolling cause we all got. Let's take it back to 09. Walking for Arizona's cause none of us have rides. Simple minus some stoners, we got nothing but time. Now don't it sound bad? I'm talking back when Cuddy was the soundtrack. Pursuit of happiness playing, just let it breathe. I'm kicking back with my people, I swear it's all that I need. Endless vibe on a planet of simply being at ease. Started searching for freedom and ended up in the trees. I tell you, there's nothing hardly that's replicating a feel. Party until the AM with rhythm turning the wheels. The trials and adolescence, they hella sacred for real. From the way that I'm feeling, it's like I'm living them still. We born to carry the missing, carrying on tradition. Introduce them what's missing, and young minds that are lifted. I throw myself on the road to living for higher means. This just the sound of me getting after my dreams. Run it. Keep it rolling cause we all got dreams. Keep it rolling cause we all got dreams. Check. 